No one ever saw this coming, but here we are, bonded forever by the same ex-husband. Once arch enemies and now partners in crime, we journey to the edge of sanity to uncover the dark truth about our ex-husband. My name is Athena. And I'm Amber. And we are the creators of X-Wives Undercover. This podcast is based on real-life events that are portrayed to the best of Athena and Amber's memory and also backed by court records and other factual evidence. While all the stories in the podcast are true, some names and identifying details have been changed to protect the privacy of the people involved. Season 1, Episode 15, Reality Bites. Over the next few months, Sydney starts to talk about Ben's girlfriend, Amber, and share a few stories with me about her time with her. At first, I could tell that she seemed hesitant to tell me things about Amber. Ben's manipulative mind games regarding Sydney and Brad's relationship had really confused her about how she should feel. Right then, I knew that I would need to show Sydney a very good example of how a parent should act when their child is now involved with the other parent's significant other. So that's what I did. I told Sydney that I was truly happy that she had Amber in her life and that it was okay that she liked her or even eventually loved her. Sydney was hesitant at first, but over time she came to realize that I really meant what I was saying. In no time, Sydney would come home after a weekend with Ben and Amber and she would be gushing about all of her fun that she would have with Ben's girlfriend. You can like her, you can love her, she's awesome. Tell me the stories, and I would go above and beyond, like so goofy and dumb. Like, she'd be like, and then we did this, and I'm like, oh my god, it's so amazing! Like, <laughs> wow! And then she'd be like, really? Are you just saying like, it's that? okay? Or do yeah. you really mean that, mommy? And I'd say, I really mean that. Are you kidding me? Like, I want to be yeah. your friend. I wish I I wanted some. I want somebody like that. And then she's like, no, she's mine. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And then I remember That's you guys cute. having like a like a tea party going to some place and I was just like you know like that is yeah. so that is I, I kept saying do you know how lucky you are even when you'd send her those yeah. those uh cooking kits yeah for yeah it was like a Curry. little subscription like a, a monthly subscription because I wanted like the best mom she should have that experience with her mom like they could cook together and you know what Ben would say Athena threw that shit away Oh God, we have yeah. a whole we have a whole yeah. special drawer she, still. She we won't spend any special drawer. Yeah. For, she goes. Athena would never spend time with her Amber. That, that's a nice thing that you wanted her to have mom time, like a mommy daughter time to bond like that. But Athena's too into herself, and oh, no. she never cooked anything with Sydney. Not too long after Amber had moved in with Ben and Sydney, I then once again found out through a friend that they were engaged, and I was great. I was more than fine with it. My heart was happy. Not only was Ben leaving Brad and I alone, Ben had met a woman that was very good to my daughter and that definitely put my mind at ease. I hoped that she would be a good influence on Ben and hopefully he would be a better person and father. Some might think that I must have felt a certain kind of way now that Ben was in a relationship with Amber. Did I feel jealous or even territorial over my young daughter now that another woman was involved? Nope, not one bit. You see, this was not the normal breakup. I had been abused by this man, stalked and humiliated for years, and it took me a full year just to get him to sign the damn divorce papers. There was no residual love feelings left over from that relationship. In fact, 
Being with Brad was a huge reminder that I was never really ever in love with Ben. I was only in love with the idea of what I so desperately wanted Ben to be. And as far as feeling territorial over Sydney now that another woman was in her life, the honest truth was that I felt a sense of relief. Ben was a horrible human, and I watched him threaten to kill himself multiple times, lie, scheme. So now with Amber there, I hoped Ben would be a happier and healthier example for our daughter. I was also very confident in the love I had always shown my little girl. Therefore, nothing or no one could ever break that bond between us. Our tribe would just be expanding, and Lucky Sydney would have another person who loved her very, very much. After the proposal, it was all a blur, and major life-changing decisions had to be made. The first being where we would reside, because clearly we couldn't continue to live in two different states indefinitely. When Ben initially proposed, he made it very clear that he was already in talks with a major company in the area and planned to move to Oregon due to the breakdown of his relationship with his daughter's mother, Athena. Apparently, things were so bad that he expressed he'd rather forgo his parental rights as a father than to have to co-parent another day with such a sick and toxic human being for another 14 years. This really took me aback, and being a person who takes someone's words at face value, I truly believed him when he said Athena was a horrible person. First of all, I would never throw someone under the bus like that if it wasn't true. And secondly, there would never ever be a situation where I would ever give up custody of my child unless it was under absolutely dire circumstances, and even then, probably not. Therefore, the situation Ben described really must have been that bad. It didn't sit well with me, and I couldn't allow Ben to leave his daughter, especially at such a young age, so I volunteered to move to Seattle. No hesitation, no fear, just excitement and anticipation to begin a new chapter with my fiancé. When I told Ben about my decision, I vividly remember him telling me, Amber, I make more than enough money so you don't have to work or worry about anything. And while that offer was a nice gesture, I wasn't going to just sit around and let someone pay all my expenses and my way through life. Morally, it just didn't feel good. So I immediately started looking for a job, any job. I thought, well, at least you get to know him. And if he did turn out to be a jerk, she wouldn't have had to leave her job and leave her state, leave her friends and family. So, yeah. But that didn't work out, did it? <laughs> I mean, he, yeah. he, he kind of... You know, he didn't pressure me to move to Seattle. That was kind of my own. But I definitely felt guilty right off the bat. You know, I'm feeling bad that I would be taking a father from his child. And so I remember telling you, like, you know, maybe I should move there and kind of contemplating and you just wanting to be supportive. I'm sure you were like, no, don't move. But well, I was, you know, you're always worried, but you don't want to say too much, you know, but I was always worried that, mm, but I realized that if you're going to try to have a relationship, you're going to, one person or the other has to move. So I think you were just being, thinking of his daughter up there that would probably be better if you made the move you know, so he could be closer to his daughter. Because after all, he said, you know, he, his daughter meant everything and he put her first before everything, and which he should, but, you know, it's like, 
it is scary, you know, when you're moving out of state, you're leaving your job. Oh yeah, and it's a huge job. No but sure. you know, looking back on it now, did you, I didn't really have any concerns about the the horrible ex-wife that he talked about. I just didn't I I just thought, oh, you know, she can't be that bad and you know what not but as a mother yourself were you worried like oh gosh you know there's a whole other component being that he does have an ex-wife and he does have a child that that might complicate things oh yeah i didn't know whether how well you were going to handle you know being a stepmom i mean you didn't know her that well you'd only met her a few times and you hadn't met the ex-wife at all i mean it was the, it was the unknown but i still had it in my mind okay if it doesn't work out you know, she can leave, she can come back. I mean, it's not the end of the world. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, you know. I just didn't know you would stay so long trying. <laughs> ben was working in HR at Amazon at the time, and he said that he was able to get me a job interview for a position that paid six figures. However, after reading the job description, I knew immediately that I wasn't qualified for it and politely declined. But he wouldn't take no for an answer, and no matter how much I explained that I wasn't a good fit, it simply fell on deaf ears. He was completely zeroed in on the fact that it paid a lot of money, and that was all that mattered to him. On the day of the interview, I never felt so belittled and horrible. I certainly didn't want to be that girl, but it took everything in me to not cry afterwards. I was put in a room with about five engineers who not only didn't ask me questions pertaining to the job at hand, but they were actually enjoying making me feel uncomfortable. Ben was there waiting for me in the lobby when I was done, and when I explained to him what happened, he didn't say anything in support. Actually, he appeared disappointed that it didn't go well and made a snide comment about how Amazon is known to have what they call disruptors come into interviews to shake things up. It was almost as if I should have known that. Who was this cold, heartless guy? And how could he send me into a lion's den like that? This was definitely an eye-opening experience that made me feel like he was more concerned with money in that moment than the feelings of me, the woman he was supposed to be marrying and sharing a life with. Yep, another red flag. Now, what was the position for? It was in communications, like a marketing and communications type position with Amazon. Okay. It was not something I was qualified for. It was well outside my qualifications and I knew it. I pretty much left in tears. I was so humiliated. Were they, they mean were, to you? They were mean. They were <gasps> mean. I have never felt so humiliated in my life, not to throw Amazon under the bus, but there was like five engineers. They found complete pleasure in humiliating me. They, they found it funny. You could tell that they were smarter than me. It was like uh. sexist. Like any kind of like oh, good old boys funny. club. Oh, it was a boys club. And they For just, sure. you could, they were smirking. They were like giving each other looks like, let's make her look really dumb. Let's ask her a really hard question that she's going to look stupid. I did what I would do for any job and I researched the company. I researched the job. I, I had You're a very my, smart woman. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had everything yeah. prepared educated, and I, college I educated. could explain all my background and all my experiences, but they didn't ask me one thing about any of it. By the end of January, I got an offer from an eye doctor clinic and they wanted me to start immediately. This is great news, but it was a junior position. So it was definitely a step back in my career 
and a big pay cut as well. Beggars can't be choosers though, so I took it. And it kills me to say this, but I actually had this amazing trip to the Dominican Republic planned with my friends in February. And because of this job, I had to cancel. I'm such an idiot. All this sacrifice for Mr. Red Flags. No sooner had I put my two-week notice in did I receive a Facebook message from Ben's friend, Matt, letting me know one of his friends saw Ben on Match.com recently. In a complete state of shock, I couldn't even believe what I was hearing. I felt like my whole world came crashing down that night, and through my tears, I remember thinking to myself, yep, of course Ben was too good to be true, and something like this would only happen to me. Of course, I asked to see proof, and when Matt forwarded me the screenshot, I felt the flaming sting as if salt was being poured into a fresh wound in my heart. You see, the picture Ben used for his profile picture was of me and him, but he cropped me out. And the worst part was that the photo was taken a week after he proposed at our engagement party, when he asked me to come to his hometown for the first time and meet his family and daughter. And here's another fun fact about that photo. It was taken just minutes after Ben bragged to all his friends and family about how we would be married that summer and how he couldn't wait to start trying to have kids. Two boys, in fact. The funny thing about Ben that I learned over the years is that when confronted, he will lie until he has no other choice than to admit the truth. But until then, he absolutely will not back down. And I get this email and you know how those always work out when you get that flipping email from someone on social media. Stomach yeah. is in like, you know, I mean, I feel like most girls know, like we've all heard that. just like, yes. you feel it. It's like, doom, 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 and it's just so fast. And you're in this fire. You have like, it's like an adrenaline rush, right? It's always like, I think you need to know something. And it's like, oh, come on. Are you serious? Yeah. And so he tells me, and like, now what? Can you tell? And, and the worst part is, it was from. So we got engaged the week after that. Then that's when he introduced me to his mom and dad and daughter and best friends from his hometown. So you met everybody at the exact same time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot. We took pictures that night, which happened to be a great updated profile picture for his match.com profile. <laughs> so what he did was he took the picture that we took together and cut my face out of it and uploaded it. So that was a kind of, I just, right to like, the chest. I it was so I was just, okay. but were you living here yet? No, no, so I had he thought yet, he but I had safe because his, his, it wasn't like Tinder where there's an area that a radius, I think it was in your local area of your zip Match.com. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so he felt why like you would, would never on, see it. I mean, I just got engaged. Why would I even be on anything anymore? But, like, but I, I my... should have known that you know people. I mean, but not in Seattle. True. God. So how would I he even know? On... I mean, I took myself off and then I don't have any friends in Seattle. So, or single ones, you know, that would see him. I send the picture. I'm like, please deny it one more time for me because it's right there. And it didn't go on any dates. And I just had a lapse in judgment. And that's nothing. There's nothing more. That's all it was. Which is a very and, borderline personality yeah. thing to do, right? BPD. Like they, 
they always need a backup plan. They're afraid when they commit, they need a backup plan in case something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. They actually start to have, think they might have real feelings or could really be affected by hurting somebody because they are interested in someone. It's like backup plan, backup plan, backup plan. But it wasn't because yeah. of me hurting yeah. him. He and had a backup plan after he did what he did to me I mean, and I left him. And yeah. I, mean, I didn't know I was dealing with a sociopath or any kind no. of personality disorder. I had no idea. No. And then, you know, he's starts crying and very carries on. And so a dime. I tried my best to stay calm, but I experienced the first of many panic attacks in my five plus years with Ben that night. So many things were going through my head. Did I make a mistake? Oh my God, what will my friends and family think? How will I pay my bills? I don't even have a job to go back to. When I called Ben, he initially tried to flip the blame on Matt and say he was just jealous and secretly had a crush on me and was creating this drama to break us up. But when I showed him the picture, there wasn't really much he could do other than pivot and go another route. And this time he painted the oh poor me narrative and how traumatized he was from his divorce, which gave him temporary cold feet, causing a brief lapse in judgment, of course. He told me, Amber, I love you more than anything in this world, and you know that, right? You have to understand that the last person I put a ring on their finger was my ex-wife, Athena, and look what she did to me. And now I only get to see my daughter 50% of the time, and I'm missing out on so many things in her life. I don't want to be with anybody else. It was just a panic moment. I promise you that. I never, ever went on a date with anybody, nor do I want to. I love you and only you, and I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Now, to anybody else on the outside looking in, it would be so easy to question why I would stay, but let me tell you, Ben is so convincing. He's that guy, the one that is such a good salesperson that he could sell you something you never wanted to begin with. Truthfully, I was so ashamed. And I didn't want anybody to know, so I willingly accepted his apology and went against my gut instincts. After our talk that night, I felt more comfortable to move forward with packing and leaving for Seattle in two weeks, but I didn't tell a soul about what happened. Not at all. Now, what you guys didn't know, because I didn't tell a soul in the very beginning, is that right after I quit my job and moved up to Seattle, I found out he was on Match.com. Yes, we did not know that. <laughs> right? And that changed everything for me. It would have changed everything, right? And not to mention that, he also told me he was drugged and raped and had a second child. And you guys also didn't know that. Yeah, we didn't know any of that. Had you yeah. known that, would have would you have freaked the fuck out? Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> yeah. I was sure. protecting him and I think I just you know, he had an answer for everything. And so and I, I wanted to give him that- the benefit of the doubt. I might not have freaked out about you continuing a relationship. I would have freaked out about moving and the wedding. I would have at that point said, all right, these are red flags and you at least need to date for a while to see, to get to know him and learn who he really is before you jump into moving. Had I known those things ahead of time before. While he didn't say too much about his ex-wife Athena in the beginning, Ben now was starting to reveal a bit more. 
And one night, right before I moved to Seattle in early February, he called and asked me to block a woman on Facebook and gave me her full name. When I asked why, his response was that it was his ex-wife, Athena, and that she was super nosy and meddled into his personal business a lot, and he didn't like it so much. Naively, I did what he asked, and we had a short conversation about this woman he disliked so much, but what I couldn't reconcile in my head was why he would be with someone for so long if she was that horrible. What he told me about her was pretty awful. I was definitely getting the impression that everything in his life was dramatic, He was always the victim. He was bullied in school. His stepdad was abusive. His wife treated him horribly and cheated on him. On and on and on. But as a highly empathic person, I immediately went into, I'm so sorry, that must have been awful mode. So let's start by what Ben told me about Athena that night. Number one, she was a teenage mom and a high school dropout from Kent, which was a super ghetto town in the suburbs of Seattle. I had her my first year of college. So I technically graduated at 17 years old from high school. So yes, I was a teenager. I was 18. A month later, I turned 19. So she was born in June. My 19th birthday was um, in July. That is true. Um, I was not a high school dropout. I graduated with a diploma. Um, I am from Kent. I originally was born in Renton, raised half my life there, then moved to Kent. Back and forth, actually, with my dad renting him back. Um, Back then, thought it was amazing. Now, yes, it is a bit ghetto. It's a lot ghetto, okay? Yes. Um, (laughs) And uh, it is a suburb of Seattle. Okay, good job, Ben. That's a little true. Number two. Her baby daddy was a wannabe rapper who now waits tables in California and left her to be with another woman. Okay, so my baby daddy, he was was in junior high or high school. They had fun and had a rap group. After he graduated, he went to the uh, um, Los Angeles School of Recording to be a recording engineer. So, no, he did not leave to go pursue... A rock rapper. <laughs> no, but um, there was somebody in the group that did, and he's amazing and very successful. And yes, as we know, in chapter two, he did leave me to be with another woman. Um, so, okay. Number three, she married another random dude six months after giving birth to her older daughter, Lexi, and they divorced. And now the new wife thinks Athena is promiscuous and refuses to let him even be around Lexi anymore. So I did not marry Shane six months after giving birth. I met Shane six months six after. months after giving birth. Yes, um, but they okay. Yes, we divorced after seven years of marriage. Seven years of marriage, and I don't know what she thinks about me. She didn't like me because I was the ex-wife and she was nervous and jealous and um, yeah so no and because of her insecurities she made him choose to be she was pregnant with his child and said I you know I don't want you around Athena and Lexi you need to choose your new life and that is the truth and later has apologized and completely regrets her Shane and her completely regret their actions so he says and I hope that's I believe that to be true Number four, he was never in love with Athena and tried to break up with her numerous times, but then she got herself pregnant by taking advantage of him after a drunken boys' night out. Garbage. I told you that? Yes. God. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Because um, 
Yeah. Five to six years later, a marriage and a child. Like, really? Hmm. Yeah. I don't think yeah. so. Um, and him stalking the shit out of me? No. And trying to pay men off to not date me? Yeah, okay. Nice try, Ben. Oh, I know. Number five, she forced him to buy her a $30,000 wedding ring and pay for an extravagant vineyard wedding. Otherwise, he'd never see his child again. So, our wedding was not $30,000. It was probably... No, the wedding about, ring. Oh, wedding, the wedding ring? wedding ring was $30,000. Oh, God, no. No. Um, our My wedding ring, after he bought me a lab-created wedding ring and I caught him, I he and I looked up online and found the one we liked. He bought my wedding... No, he bought my engagement ring and I paid for my own wedding band, but we mutually, I think he started to make payments for my diamond. And then I think I ended up finishing paying off the payments oh my God. and that diamond was probably around three to $4,000 the most. Not even though it was not even that much. I think it was like no more than $3,000 and the rest of it was maybe a thousand. So we're talking like a $4,000 wedding ring. I believe that's all it came to. So 4000 versus 30000 30. That's a huge yeah. jump. Number six. She's a former Seahawk seagull and super insecure, fake gold digger and a social climber. I was on a dance team, yes. Um, I played for Arena Football League, a minor league team in Washington State. We were called the Birds of Prey. I was but she never claimed. He's, yeah. I he never cl claimed to be a seagull. I never would. I decided to do this last minute because a girlfriend of mine that I worked with knew that I had a dance background and she was like, I know you missed out on a lot. You had a baby young. Come on. Let's, you, do you want to? I'm like, oh God. So I had to train my ass off. I, you know, it'd been a while. So I did and I was, I had a blast and I never pretended to be a seagull. Not once, not ever. So he, he obviously he did told that. To, yeah. He told people. Um, so I am not insecure. I'm not fake. Gold digger? Hell no. Clearly he was poor as fuck and moved in with me. <laughs> right. That one. Um, social climber? No. Number seven. After getting a nose job, boob job, and other plastic surgery, she liked all the attention she was getting from men and ended up cheating on him with some guy at her bachelorette party. His best friend told him one month after the wedding and then he filed divorce. Yes, I did get a oh nose job. I did. I got a rhinoplasty. I am Greek and Armenian, and it's the best thing I've ever done. And now I can breathe through my nose. It's amazing. But again, it's so cute. It, you have it. a great nose, and it doesn't um, make you uh, all of a sudden turn into a hoe. No, because, because you get a nose job. No, and I've told heck? you this before. I have always felt confident. I've always loved myself. I've always felt attractive and unique and even more so tied to my culture. I the only thing I lost, the only thing I lost with having my nose fixed was um, feeling less of a tie because people would always say, what are, are you European? Like what ethnicity are mm. you? And, um, and so I felt like I had betrayed that a little bit, to be honest with you. Um, but it yeah. probably just made him more insecure. I think so. And I had it done about eight months after our daughter was born. Ben and my daughter were, were was born. Um, and I think it did make him feel more insecure because we weren't on great terms then. Number eight. 
In retaliation for Ben divorcing Athena, she went and charged over $100,000 in credit card debt before the divorce was finalized as revenge, causing him to ultimately file bankruptcy. Never had a credit card. Um, we had zero debt and our divorce, if you look at our divorce papers, which are public records, everything states that I, that was my house he moved into. He would leave me alone and he could go about his way. We had our own cars, car payments. We had zero credit cards together. Thank you, Jesus. Right. We had zero ties. So it ended easily. Period. The end. Number nine. She's a horrible mother and doesn't take care of their daughter, Sydney. He claimed he did everything from waking up to feed her in the middle of the night to changing her diapers, on and on and on. Obviously, I think we can realize that's fake. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, right. He he was he was good when he got sleep, um, and but when she would cry a lot, he would freak out. And Lexi stepped in a lot. She was like a little mini daddy. It was cute. Number ten. Since the divorce, Athena's been bringing a revolving door of men around his daughter Sydney, and he's scared for her safety. He really yeah. said that. Scared? Yeah, like he made it seem like weird men, like you, having a daughter. Like what if, like he said that you would spend the night and bring your daughter to their homes. And so, like, what if these weird, almost like, what if these men were touching his daughter inappropriately? Or, like, you never know. And so I'm like, oh, gosh. Like, like, did he forget that I had an older daughter? And where was she? Yeah. <laughs> like, by herself? Yeah. No, he just now? made it seem like it's scary to have weird men around all the time with a young daughter. And I, I could see that if I could see that and I could see you feeling that way. If, yeah. I just knew we're like, true. Ooh, that would be, like, I, would, I don't know. I, yeah. That would be scary. So yeah, absolutely. But no, not true. And, um, at one point, but you had a, I a boyfriend when I came on the scene. That's why I was like, Oh, mm -hmm. well he seems like, I thought he was like a two year long relationship, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm still not years. getting this. All right. And before and before we decided to move in together is when we decided that we would get like we had a future that we saw ourselves getting married, or else that would yeah. never have happened. And we I waited um, a while to even introduce him to the children. And before that, I had dated one or two people. I can't remember. Number eleven. Athena uses their daughter to get what she wants from money to material things to even having Ben come over and mow her lawn or move furniture. I remember reading that in the 2016, yeah. um, like legal. Yes. yes. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, what? what the fuck? Like something about asking him to move a TV. Oh, was it? it was or just mow the lawn. Always or? stuff. Always stuff. He would say that basically he was at your mercy because you had written all these things into the parenting plan because you, well, we'll get to this part later, but um, saying that he had mental health issues, that he was a steroid abuser, that he adamantly denied. Um, and so that you would write these things in the parenting plan and he would say, I don't have any of these things. And because she had written them at the 11th hour and I was so exhausted, I just signed off and I was like, why would you do something like that? That he basically was at your mercy. And so he, it, whether it was money or his time or whatever you needed, he would basically be at your beck and call for whatever it was. And That's it was so just crazy. like, I need you to mow my lawn. I need you to move my furniture. I he need wouldn't even mow the money. lawn when we were married. 
he even told me like I was pregnant mowing the lawn and my he, neighbors were like yeah wow and they he and then when Ben got home and got got out and was walking in my neighbor saw and he goes wow he goes can can I find one of her like wow and I was like and he kind of laughed and I was thinking you should be embarrassed you mofo now this is just the tip of the iceberg of what Ben told me about Athena so you can imagine what I was thinking as I heard story after story after story While this was all a bit much and my eyes were huge in disbelief, I tried to take everything with a grain of salt. I thought to myself, okay, let's see in these coming months how she treats me and how I have personally experienced things with her before making any final judgments about Athena. This should be definitely interesting. For the time being, Athena was the least of my worries. The transition to Seattle was bumpy to say the least. My new job started February 18th, so all of my belongings had to be moved up over Valentine's weekend. And because I had to go up to Seattle during the week prior to sign final paperwork for my new job, Ben got us tickets to see Parlor Live Cuties and Cocktails comedy show in Bellevue on the 13th. The night was amazing and couldn't have gone any better. Ben even posted a pic of us together as his main Facebook profile picture that night. I guess I was flattered that he was so eager to show off his new fiancé to the world, especially after the Match.com debacle. But by that morning, any sense of flattery was long gone. The photo Ben posted was of me kissing him on the cheek, and in it, you could clearly see my left hand. You know, the one with the big engagement ring on it. And you guessed it, his friends noticed right away. Lacey was the first person to call him out on it, saying, is that what I think it is? He showed me his phone with her comment and simply said, well, I guess everybody knows now. Hmm, what kind of comment is that? I thought to myself, why hasn't he told any of his friends he was engaged? And about five minutes after the Facebook photo situation, Ben looked angry and stormed into the kitchen and grabbed a Red Bull. Then he said, that fucking bitch knows too. He commented that Athena must have been stalking us because she texted him that morning and asked him about being engaged. I assumed that everyone already knew that we were engaged. It was like yeah, yeah, two, three weeks after the fact that we had been engaged, and I had already yeah. met his his had you family posted on Facebook. Like I'd already posted. I posted like the weekend. I had posted the same weekend that we got engaged that we were. Yeah, and yes, I had gone to his hometown and met his immediate family and daughter and his close little hometown friends. But I assumed he would have told other people, like his other expanded circle of friends. Especially if he was so excited to have proposed to you after four to six weeks. Come on. In the comment section, there's like a string of like 27 comments of people going back and forth. Is that a ring? Is that what I think it is? And take that bad boy. I'm supposed to be moving this weekend. And why do you seem put off and annoyed that the cat's out of the bag? Your child now has a new stepmom on the way. I didn't even know he had a girlfriend. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm I'm frustrated going, well, she doesn't even know about me. Like you made me block her on social media first. Which must have put so so many random thoughts in your head. Yeah. So why am I blocking her? Why doesn't she know? Yeah, so I'm already red flags everywhere. Like, first of all, you're on match. Second of all, you throw me to the wolves at Amazon. You know, I I get up there. You haven't told any of your family or friends that we're engaged. Yeah. 
this ex-wife sounds like a nightmare. And honestly, I'm so naive. I didn't even think about like having any issues with ex-wives. I just thought we'd be a hunky little, hunky dory little so <laughs> co-parenting situation. I didn't yeah. even think about for one second. And that's that all I be- ever knew with Lexi's dad. Yeah, I just how didn't, her and I love each other. It just love didn't even cross my brain. I was so excited to know you. I never in a million years realized the nightmare that was about to begin when I packed my bags and left for Seattle. Those first couple of months were some of the hardest I've ever experienced. And for beginners, the daily grind was brutal. Not only was I dealing with a new job and a long commute, but I also had a four-year-old that we had every other day in our teeny tiny two-bedroom apartment. She was a spunky little thing and kept us on our toes, that's for sure. I did find it really odd, though, that she didn't want anything to do with Ben once I came on the scene. So on the day she was with us, it became my job to cook her dinner, bathe her, play with her, read her a bedtime story, and tuck her into bed. You get the gist, and he willingly just let me do it and take over as he would just sit and watch TV. What stood out to me even more was his laziness and complete inability to be a partner to me. It was as if he found a woman to be the cook, the housekeeper, babysitter, and sex toy. I mean, I guess what more could he want? But what was I getting out of this? And more importantly, is this what life was going to be like with him? I was stressed out so bad. Like I had to get up at 530 in the morning to get to my new job and he would stay up till like two o'clock in the morning. And he, oh my God, he didn't help around the house whatsoever. Did he work from home then? No, he worked at an office. He did. Yeah. But he was still up to the buck record on. Yeah. Yeah. But he was super lazy, like super lazy. And Sydney, I thought it was odd because, I mean, she took to me, which was great, but she wanted nothing to do with him. Nothing. And I'm like, that's really weird because he's telling me that she's such a daddy's girl, but she did not want anything to do with him at all. It was Amber, play with me. Amber, bathe me. Amber, feed me dinner. Amber, take me for a walk. Amber, do this. Amber, do that. And I was so overwhelmed. (laughs) Like, I'm trying to get my bearings. I am exhausted. Like she's a, she can be a tough kid. And so she, and full of yeah, energy, lots of energy, very, very spirited. And yes. So, um, and she had a lot of meltdowns and I think and it's that's because a, that's a lot from zero to one. I don't have children either. Yeah. So, um, and she had a lot of meltdowns in the beginning because he didn't have her on any kind of schedule. He didn't really know how to be a parent. I don't no, think on his own no. anyways, Mm-mm. he would shove a, a iPad at her at nighttime. So she didn't know how to fall asleep on her own he would just wait for her to fall asleep with the iPad on the couch and then carry her up to her bed. And then she'd wake up and there'd be no iPad and then she'd scream. And then she would want to come into our room and he would used to just let her sleep with him. Well, now there's three people in the bed and she's almost five. And so he's huge. He's a huge guy. And then there's me and we're in a tiny queen bed. So then you have an almost five-year-old sneaking in and I, and so Ben snores, like I have never experienced in my life. He'd stay up all night and then sleep till noon. And then he would just roll his I eyes at me. I think that's a personality disorder. They say that comes along with yeah. borderline, with, with BPD, with um, bipolar and all that. That it's common. They're like night owls. And and I remember I just feeling Awful. like I, I want to be like a team, but I don't want to be taken advantage of. Although I was trying my best to be superhuman, I was bound to break at some point. 
We weren't allowed to use our phones at my new job, but I secretly checked it one morning and there was a message from Ben saying that he had a stomach tumor that might be cancerous. Oh my God, that was it. I couldn't take any more. Nothing was what I had envisioned and I remember calling him and crying from the hallway. He tried his best to calm me down and explain that they were going to use some type of a laser to reduce the size of the tumor and were doing some additional testing, but I was a complete and total mess. I even called my mom hysterical. I remember telling her, would I be a widow before I was even a wife? Everything was everything was odd. Nothing, nothing seemed normal once you got up there to me. Everything seemed off, you know, it just... It was, I think, probably to you, too, when you got up there, you soon learned that things weren't the way you thought they were going to be, you know. It's like, oh, my gosh, this can't be happening. I mean, he seemed like a big, healthy guy. And all of a sudden, he's got a stomach tumor. Things are unraveling because you weren't happy. You were so upset that you, I think you were starting to have anxiety attacks, you know. And I remember when you, before you were full on depression years earlier, the the anxiety attacks came first before the depression. So I was worried, we were all worried, oh my gosh, if she's got to go come home. I said, this is getting to the point, she's having anxiety attacks, you know, what happens, you know, if it goes, goes and goes. So we were afraid that that was going to put you in full on depression. Yeah. And you did offer and said, I remember you saying, Amber, come home. And what would I say? And you knew you always could come home. I mean, I know you didn't want to. I'm a big girl. I'm older. I'm not coming home. You're you're just stubborn. You know, and I don't, and you don't want to give up on things. If anything, I don't know if it's a fault. It's just one of your traits that you're going to be there till the end. You're not giving up. You will not give up. You know, even when the handwriting's on the wall, this is not a good situation. You don't want to look like you failed at something because you were Miss Perfect. So you didn't, that, that would be a failure. You'd be, feel like a failure if things didn't work out. So you hung in there, hung in there, and would not give up. Yeah, and I, I, did, I couldn't fathom taking money from you and dad to pay oh, my bills. I think enough. that was the biggest for me. Is like, I can't. I have school loans, I have credit card bills, I have car payments and phone bills, and there's no way I would ever make you pay for that. But in our minds, we didn't we knew it wouldn't be forever. We could we could handle the bills for a few months. We knew you you'd always work, so we knew that you would find a job. It wouldn't be for a year at a time. You would find a job, but that was your your thinking that you couldn't do it to us. But we'd be uh, the way things were going up there, we would have been willing to help you do that just to get back home. So, yeah, it makes me sad too because there's probably so many people that don't have families that could help them get out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Financially, like a lot of people are like, my parents don't have the money to help me. Yeah. They don't have the space for me to move back home. If you have kids yeah. and pets, like they just, it's not yeah. even an option. So, I had the option. I just was too prideful. But you were stubborn, and like I said, you did not want to give up on this. To top it all off, the ex-wife didn't disappoint either. And while I was certainly getting red flags from Ben, I was also getting them from Athena. For the first couple of months, there really wasn't any contact between me and her, and it seemed a bit odd that Ben didn't arrange some kind of meeting. I mean, we were going to be co-parenting, so it only made sense. 
But as soon as I moved to Seattle, Athena would be calling Ben a lot with some kind of an emergency to see if he'd come running. For instance, he said he claimed she'd broken a rib and needed him to take her to the hospital. Or on another occasion, she was in downtown Seattle and called him to say she had been mugged and wanted him to come pick her up. And other times, he'd get a call in the middle of the night and would say it was Athena and then hang up on her. Now, most of the time, I was actually sitting right by him when these calls would come in and I would see her phone number. He would hang up and then tell me what she said. And naturally, I believed him and why wouldn't I? He would tell me how he could never just talk to his daughter on the phone without Athena and her oldest daughter, Lexi, chiming in and being horrible to him. I actually remember him putting them on speaker several times as I listened in. And I hate to say it, but he was kind of right. They would constantly interrupt his conversation with her. They would mock him and make inside jokes and giggle in the background. It just really seemed childish and not a good look. But that's me from the outside looking in. Had I known all of this shit he put her through all those years prior, I probably would have a different outlook on it. Unfortunately, it was just a new person on the scene, and that's what I heard. It didn't sound good, and it kind of reinforced what he was telling me. It wasn't until he came home one day and told me what Athena said that really made my blood boil. He went on to describe how he was trying to have a conversation with Sydney and Athena kept chiming in as always. And eventually it just was the two of them speaking and she started discussing about wanting to have another child and jokingly, but not really, saying she'd like to have a third baby but didn't want to have the stigma of having yet another baby daddy. And he said that she proposed that they have another child together. Now, he also reassured me that he shot her down immediately, but why would he even tell me this? The fuck? I have to say, I was just as pissed at Ben for telling me than I was with her for saying it. I probably got a little quiet, but I still was that person who didn't feel comfortable saying how I really felt. So there was no argument, no conversation. I just internalized it. I'm tired. I'm broke. I'm just red flags everywhere. And that last thing I want is about hearing the ex-wife wanting a baby with him. Are you kidding me? Like, I just, oh my God, I'm done. Lady, just move on. You have a boyfriend. I was just like, I'm done. I'm just done. I don't like her. It wasn't until this point that I decided to unblock Athena on Facebook and check out her profile to see what other information I could find. For the most part, I didn't find anything too prolific. Lots of selfies and pics with Lexi. I did find it incredibly odd that there was hardly any pictures of Sydney at all. What I did piece together from some of the pics she posted and the pictures she was tagged in was that the night she was supposed to be mugged, she was actually at a wedding with her boyfriend. So that left me thinking either Ben was lying or she was being shady and trying to have her cake and eat it too, being that she had a boyfriend and all. I can't say I was Team Athena at this point, far from it in fact, but I definitely started questioning things. This probably was the time in our relationship that I started turning into an FBI agent and gathering and collecting evidence, trying to put the puzzle pieces together and making some sort of sense of all this crazy that was Ben's life. Have you ever taken an Enneagram personality test? Well, I'm a type five, the investigator. Go figure. Around the middle of April, two months after I moved to Seattle, I was finally going to meet Athena. 
Ben said that Sydney had a gymnastics meet and that Athena and her boyfriend, Brad, were going to be there. Here we go. This should be interesting. What would she be like? Would she be as terrible as Ben said she was? And just when I thought maybe his stories about her were being exaggerated, I got a big old fuck you when I checked her Facebook one last time a couple of days prior to the gymnastics meet. I still felt like I needed more information to help fill in some blanks. But to my surprise, there she was in her wedding dress, the same one she wore when she married Ben. She had just updated her main profile picture with this one. And she was also busy updating her cover photo, a meme that said, I ran into my ex, so I backed up and ran over him again. First thoughts? Well, that was clearly a passive aggressive message meant for me and Ben. I couldn't help but think for someone who didn't like Ben nor get along with him, it sure seemed odd that she would post a picture that would remind her and everybody around her of her marriage to him, the man she hates. So let's talk about this wedding picture. She was clearly a beautiful bride, but even with the lower portion of the gown cropped out, she wasn't fooling anybody. It was a wedding photo, and not only that, it was also a very seductive picture. She was clearly feeling herself. She had her arms up over her head and pressed up against the window and coyly looking over her shoulder with a bit of side boob showing. But you have to tell the truth. It was cropped of just my It was cropped, but it was very obvious. It was a wedding dress. But you're right. And and it's like you have wedding hair and you have a wedding white gown. I still have wedding hair and wedding wedding hair and wedding jewelry and wedding wedding makeup and wedding background. And I knew, and I knew because I had seen the picture And paired that with all the horrible information. Yes. So- I was like, what is she trying to do? Like, what kind of games is she playing? You're innocently thinking, oh, I just liked the picture. I thought it was cool. And I took the gown part off. So in your mind, you're like, no, it's not a wedding picture. Yeah. You know, and and the two months prior of all the other stresses that were going on. I remember thinking, I have done nothing to this woman. Absolutely Nothing that would warrant her being so disrespectful to me. It was so hurtful, and it definitely was added to my growing list of things Ben told me about her, and now things that I had personally experienced myself. I didn't know what kind of games she was playing, but in that moment, I knew there was not a good chance we'd ever be friends. This was definitely not the way I had hoped it was going to go. And now... Your red flag, not so fun fact. In this episode, we see a really good example of what is called triangulation. This is a form of psychological manipulation. Typically, there's limited to no contact between the two triangulated people, that would be me and Athena, and the person doing the manipulating, that would be Ben. It may appear in various ways, but all are essentially about dividing and conquering or putting people against each other. And people with borderline personality disorder, which is what Ben was diagnosed with, focus on receiving reassurance that they are loved to avoid feelings of abandonment. Therefore, they use triangulation to manipulate someone into feeling jealous in order to prove their love and commitment to them. Next time on Ex-Wives Undercover. Why would he lie? And I still, in my mind, I 
did not believe that he could lie to me. I had to walk past you and Brad. And I'm just like, oh, this is not good. He tells me that he has lung cancer. But how could that be? He was the epitome of health. See, Amber, he would say, this is what I'm talking about and a perfect example of what I've been dealing with for years with this woman. She's trying to cause problems and clearly making up blatant lies. And once again, if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a five-star review and make sure to join our private Facebook group for even more juicy info. You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And of course, you can always visit our site at www.xwivesundercover.com.